It's a divisional playoff round edition of Bills by the Numbers, where we let the stats tell you where the Bills are at. We're presented by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Coming up, what has changed the most for the Bills and Chiefs since they last met up in the postseason two years ago? We break down the new advantages for each team. Former NFL GM Mike Mayock joins us to discuss the Allen Mahomes showdown, and we ask our one burning question. Can someone help the Chiefs shuffle off to Buffalo? All right, glad you made it in. Welcome to Bills by the Numbers. Bills Wall of Famer Steve Tasker, Bills Insider Chris Brown with you, and it's the matchup almost every football fan wanted. Some, in fact, with all due respect to Baltimore, are calling this game the AFC title game, the divisional playoff matchup between the Bills and the Chiefs. It's the third go-around for these two teams, these two head coaches, and these two quarterbacks in the postseason. Kansas City has emerged victorious in the previous two playoff meetings, both of which were played at Arrowhead. And we'll get into the home field advantage stuff in a bit, but it's been two years since the Bills and Chiefs met in the postseason, and a lot has changed for both clubs. With that in mind, Steve, what stands out to you as the biggest change for the better for the Chiefs from their 2021 version, which lost the AFC title game to Cincinnati, to this version now as defending Super Bowl champions. Well, it's their defense. I mean, in the last year when they won the World Championship, they had a bunch of rookies playing defense, and they and now they're they're kind of wily veterans who still have fresh legs. I mean, they're really good on the back end of their defense. Uh, the, Chris Jones is still playing at a high level. Their defense and Steve Spagnolo and his play calling has been the difference this year. Their skill their skill positions on the offensive side have flushed through around Pat Mahomes and. Travis Kelsey, everybody else is kind of brand new and kind of fresh, uh, and they haven't been as productive as the guys that were there before. But their defensive side of the football has really stepped up, and it's been the difference. Yeah, it's it's clearly their defense. The way they're able to blend their rush with their coverage, I think, is the best I've seen it in the Andy Reid era there in Kansas City. You mentioned Chris Jones, but George Karloftis. I mean, those two guys each had mm-hmm. ten and a half sacks. They're young coverage players, to your point are really coming into their own. And I think their linebackers are active and have coverage ability when it's Nick Bolton and Willie Gay in the game. You know, they've been in and out due to injuries, but I think they're healthy now. Really from front to back, they're as solid a group, and they are clearly the strength of that team. Second in the league in points allowed, second in the league in sacks with 57. What do you feel, Steve, has fallen off the most? with respect to that 2021 Chiefs team that beat Buffalo 42-36 in that 2021 division playoff? Um, their, their speed on the outside has obviously fallen off. Tyreek is no longer there, and that's a big difference maker. I think um, I think Travis Kelsey is showing some signs of age, although he's still really good, uh, still one of the smartest players on the field anytime he walks out there. Uh, and their offensive line, particularly on the edges, is not what it was. Uh, it's not as good as it was. So that those three things combined make, make the offense, compared to the one that we've seen the Chiefs put out there, makes this offense look like it's sputtering a little bit, although they continue to win games. And when they really need to, they've been able to find a way to score points. Yeah, no Tyreek Hill is a huge subtraction. No Eric Bieniemy at OC. I know he doesn't call the plays, but he used to draw things up and help Andy with adjustments at halftime. That's now Matt Nagy. 
who has been with the Chiefs in the past, then left for Chicago and is now back with the club. Um, scoring has really proven to be more difficult for them on a regular basis. This Chiefs team is 17th in the league in red zone touchdown efficiency, scoring six just 54% of the time. That's fourth lowest among playoff teams. Pacheco has become a lifeline for their offense, though. But if you have a good run front defensively, you can you can neutralize that, and right. then that puts Mahomes in a position where I think we've seen Josh in recent years. He has to be magical right. to make things happen on a consistent basis to help the Chiefs win a football game by scoring enough points. Now let's take a look at a Bills team that had different players on offense and defense from what they have now. Where have they changed for the better as you see it? Well, Kincaid has been better. Khalil Shakir has emerged. Um, Diggs continues to play at a high level, although teams now have struggled. They're they're still going to target him a lot, and teams have found ways to do that. Most teams do have a plan for a number one wide receiver, whatever offense they're facing. Not so much when it's, you know, when they've got a, an excellent tight end emerging and a lot of 12 personnel with Knox as well. Um, and Shakir has been everything that Cole Beasley had been for the Bills in a slot receiver mm-hmm. in years prior. Plus, the one wild card that has really added something to the, to, the, to the mix under Joe Brady is James Cook. He has emerged as a force to run it. He has been uh, caught passes. Um, he has as many missed opportunities this year where, where he, had, he had he's got three touchdowns on the board right now that he dropped that were just stone cold touchdowns uh, in games. So he has been a, a force for this offense and a real kind of utility knife kind of player. He can split out wide, he can run between the tackles. He's got good speed shiftiness. Uh, and he has emerged now as where in, in certain situations, sometimes they'll leave him on the field to pass protect. That's a huge plus where it just gives you that one last little bit of uncertainty about a def- on a defensive side about what he's going to do. He had over 140 total yards from scrimmage in the last meeting with the Chiefs. They almost kind of, I felt like they almost underestimated him and he made them pay. You wonder how they're going to shift their focus this time around with Cook in the backfield. I'll say this you talked about the offense. I think talking about Buffalo's defense from that of 2021. More of a splash play defense with Sean McDermott calling the plays this time around. They had the second most takeaways in the league with 30 and the fourth most sacks in the league with 54. I also believe their passing attack is more diversified and they unquestionably have a game-breaking type back in Cook, to your point, Steve, than they had previously. I feel like their offense is as well-balanced as maybe it's ever been in the McDermott era. Where might they be more vulnerable than they were perhaps two years ago? Probably in their secondary. Um, Hyde and Poyer, while they're still out there, are you know two years older. You've got a lot of uncertainty at the corner position with the injuries that they've suffered lately, and their linebackers uh, have been nicked up. Um, I think in the back end of the defense is the one place where there's some uncertainty about not only how they're going to play, but who's going to line up. Right, that's what I said. I said their vulnerability is their team health right now. Right. I mean, they've been stripped so thin. You worry that it's getting to a point where it's too much to overcome. Last week against the Steelers, Steve, they were on their fifth and sixth linebackers from right. the ones who started the they, season. And they played two. 
and they were on, <laughs> yeah, and they were on their fourth and fifth corners outside, right. and even their number two nickel corner by the time right. the wild card game had ended. That's a lot to cover up in a divisional playoff. We're hoping that they get healthy in a hurry. Do any one of those strengths or deficiencies tip the scales? in favor of Buffalo or Kansas well, City by a decided margin in your mind? Uh, not by a decided margin. I think once the game kicks, the Bills are going to have uh, some of those guys back on the field. Um, but the only time it really tips one way or the other is in if you go through a stretch like the Bills did against Pittsburgh where they got a guy going down and another guy and another guy. Um, contributors on defense or on offense, whichever the side may be, and same thing for the Chiefs. So at this point, certainly you can make a case for this tilting the field in favor of the Chiefs with the back end the way it is. I think the Bills are, are going to be okay when the game kicks off. But if something else happens, if they lose another guy and another guy, they don't. there's nobody behind those guys yeah. now. I mean, the depth has been used up at this point. You're, you've gone through 18 weeks of the regular season and a week of the playoffs. It's your your depth has been tested. It's a battle of attrition. And you, you're going to have to go with who you've got, and there is nobody behind them. I don't see a decided margin for either team. I'm expecting this to be a nip-and-tuck game, just like the last one was in Week 14. So I really think these teams are going to stay relatively close to one another through the vast majority of the game. So I'm, I'm thinking this is going to be a nail-biter, like yeah. almost all the way through. Uh, yeah. Now let's discuss home field advantage. As we know for the first time in Patrick Mahomes' career, he has a playoff game on the road. In his playoff career, he has only played at three neutral sites in the playoffs, which were Super Bowl 54, 55, and 57. And even in neutral site locations, Mahomes' stats drop off. At home in the playoffs, Mahomes completes 68% of his passes, averages 300 yards passing, has 31 touchdowns against just three interceptions and a 112 passer rating. In those three Super Bowls, neutral site, not even a road venue, his completion percentage dropped 6% to 62, passing yards per game 55 yards lower. His touchdown-to-interception ratio goes from 10 to 1 to almost 1 to 1. And his passer rating drops 32 points to 80. Yeah. In a true road environment, I think we expect Mahomes to be on his game, but how much drop-off is reasonable to expect? Uh, probably about like that, maybe. But I, here's the thing. He's got, a lot of, he's got a lot of margin of error. The guy's a, an unbelievably good quarterback. If his completion percentage drops a few points, he's still up high. Um, the turnovers are going to be a problem. If, if that happens, of course, for everybody, Bills included, that's yeah. – that's, the death knell. You can't turn it over more than they do. And so I, you can't count on the crowd being the difference. The guy's got to play well, sure. Um, I think it comes, I think the home field thing comes down to yes, you can count on some situations where it's going to help you in, in, uh, in their ability to communicate. It's going to make them a little bit more hesitant, but you still got a quarterback there that's going to overcome a lot, and he has. He's so good at home, if he drops off a little, he's still very good. And the Bills aren't going to win this game just because it's in Buffalo and Highmark. You've got to play well in addition to being at home. Yeah. 
That's the question. And how well Mahomes plays and how that mixes with how the Bills play and how Josh Allen plays is the real key. The Bills still have to play extremely well at home to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. Don't think that just because you're going to show up and it's at home that the Chiefs are going to wither and die. It ain't going to happen. Yeah, and, and Mahomes has played dozens of road games in his career. He knows what a road venue is going to be like. I think we can all agree that a road atmosphere in the playoffs goes up a notch. Everything, including the hostility of the road environment, all of that stuff. And I'll their say this their offensive tackles are a weakness right. up front, and knowing they'll be going on silent count for me is clearly an edge for Buffalo's defensive front, which I think we agree will need to take advantage to help some of the reserve players who may be thrust into starting roles in the back seven defensively. Here's the thing, too. Um, you're right. They have played a ton of road games, but let's think about this. Under Mahomes, most over the last four years, every single road, tank, road game the Chiefs go on, they got a target on their back. The home team is after them. They have been, a, they have been the team to beat. It is a big game for the road game that they're going to be in that stadium. Um, they're used to that. They are used to hostile crowds because every road game they go to, the crowd knows they're going to have to help their team beat that team. They're used to that. Um, it doesn't make it easier, but it does make it more familiar. Yeah. And that's a little bit like the Buffalo Bills going to Kansas City. They go there so much. Yeah, it's still difficult, but – They've been through that before, so it's not unfamiliar. The other potential X factor here is Chiefs running back Isaiah Pacheco. He missed the regular season meeting between these two teams in Week 14 with a shoulder injury. Kansas City managed just 82 yards on the ground in that game. Pacheco has four playoff games in his career and has 75 or more yards from scrimmage in each of them. How much does he change Buffalo's approach on defense? Well, I certainly think it raises the priority of their run game. Uh, it used to be with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and all these guys. It was it was like, listen, let's keep a lid on it. Two deep safeties. Like it may come to the fact that uh, you may get a little bit more one safety uh, defensively from the Bills because you want to come down in the box. Certainly, you're going to maybe think about having a big body next to Ed Oliver more often, or maybe having Ed on the sidelines on first and second down and putting Linval Joseph and J- Daquan Jones in the a defensive tackle on first and second down and dare the Chiefs to try and get the ball over the top early, um, get some incompletions that way. But that I think it does change the way you view their desire to run the football with Pacheco. Yeah, he's a powerful runner. He's got jackhammer legs. I think it is a Linval Joseph game to help neutralize him in the run front as a rotational backup to Daquan. Now remember, the Chiefs didn't have Pacheco the last matchup, but the Bills didn't have Daquan either. He was still right. out from the pectoral injury, so hopefully Jones can help limit Pacheco's production on the ground. Finally, depending on who head coach Sean McDermott may or may not have for Sunday's divisional playoff health-wise, can he scheme up a way to make it work sh- uh, shorthanded again, knowing he's unlikely to have everyone healthy for Sunday night? Yeah, it, it's interesting, too. It's a, When you don't have all your guys, you do still have the knowledge of what some of your players can do. And don't think because the Bills are undermanned in the back end that they won't become even more aggressive in some of their play calls in certain situations because the aggression maybe tilts the, tilts the, the, you know, tilts the field in your favor when you go aggressive because it, it, something's got to happen now and your guys can hold up in the front end of a play. 
But if the deeper and deeper into it it goes, you know, you know you're going to get athlet- out-athleticized on the outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe. But if you've got a guy like, you know, Kyrie Elam on the outside, you think, okay, well, he can run with some of those guys. Let's oh, go. Yeah. Let's be a little more aggressive down inside. Uh, don't think the Bills will become less aggressive in their play calls defensively uh, rather than more. McDermott's done an expert job of covering up deficiencies already this season when they lost Matt Milano and Tredavious White. This is going to be tough, but I wonder what wrinkles he turns to this week. I think the dime package will still be prevalent to help this group in coverage. For more on this matchup between the Bills and Chiefs, we welcome in former NFL GM and Westwood One Radio Color commentator Mike Mayock. All right, Mike, so uh, you'll be up here on Sunday calling this one, and I gotta, I gotta start here for the first time ever. A playoff game in the Mahomes Allen era between these two teams is actually going to be in Buffalo. Um, we've seen how much Patrick has benefited from home playoff games. Now the script is flipped on him. How much do you think that impacts a Chiefs team that, while it has a lot of playoff experience, the closest thing they've come to a road game is a Super Bowl neutral site? Yeah, I, I, I have two thoughts here. Number one is I did the game in Detroit last week, and there was certainly a home field advantage for the Lions. Uh, that was about as loud a venue as I've ever been in my life. Uh, and the Rams had some trouble with communications that affected their timeouts in the second half. So I, I thought that the, the amplitude in that stadium directly affected the game. Now, as far as Buffalo this week, um, although Kansas City hasn't played road playoff games, you can't argue with the fact they've played an awful lot of big games home and away in the Mahomes-Andy Reid era. So uh, I, I think they're playoff tough, tested. I think it's tough. Um, they're used to playing in cold weather. It's not like cold weather is going to be a shock to them. Um, so uh, if it gets real loud in there, yeah, I, th- I think there's always an advantage for the home team. But I think that's the main advantage. How are this? How is each team, in your mind, from your prep, I mean – these teams play at least once every year, right? For the last four or five years, these quarterbacks are friend, uh, you know, they're familiar with each other. The coaching staffs are familiar with each other. You got the head coach of the Chiefs calling offensive plays against the defensive, you know, the head coach of the Bills calling defensive plays. What's different about these two teams than the ones we've seen play in the past? Um, it, I was watching can't the the uh, the December tenth game. This morning, you know, the KC Buffalo game uh, this morning. Um, and what, and I've, this is my third tape of the, both these teams. And here's what I, my take on KC offensively is I still don't think they're the same old KC team. I don't think there's a, they're as efficient. I don't think they're as good offensively as they've been in the past. Even last week, you know, against uh, Miami. They should have run Miami out of the gym. Uh, they had a bunch of big plays. They got into the red zone. They went two for six in the red zone. You know, that's not efficient. That's not playoff football. Um, they had opportunity, you know, Kansas, or excuse me, Miami was beat up. They had opportunities to get out of that game early and, and they didn't. I mean, the first two offensive snaps of that game were, were quarterback disconnects. 
you know, that Mahomes had Kelsey wide open and put it on him too early, or Kelsey was too late. I don't know which. And then the second one, they had a disconnect with the wide receiver, Rashi Rice. So there are too many quarterback-wide receiver disconnects. Uh, their right tackle has more penalties than anybody in the history of the NFL. He had two more last week. Um, so I don't think they're as good as they've been in the past because they're not as consistent and not as efficient. If you juxtapose that in Buffalo, I mean, I just, again, I just got done doing that uh, week 12 matchup or whatever it was. Uh, and I'm blown away by your quarterback. And it's funny. I, I kind of feel like he goes into the phone booth and he puts on the cape. And most of the time, that's really good. And every once in a while, he'll throw it across his body and, and get it picked off. But, I mean, whether it's a 52-yard touchdown again last week, you know, which was crazy. But I have just as much appreciation on third and four when they run quarterback counter or quarterback power, and he picks up five. I mean, he's a different dude. And every once in a while, you're gonna you're gonna get a hiccup. Uh, I think the biggest thing for Buffalo this week, and you guys know more about it than I do, is just who's gonna suit up on defense. Right. You know, I, I thought I thought Sean did a hell of a job last week because. He's, you know, the back end is decimated. The linebackers are decimated. That affects what he's going to call. I thought they had to be vanilla. I think they had to protect their corners. Um, I, I apologize for the long answer, but it's just there's a lot of stuff going on in this game, and I'm fascinated by it. How important is it, Mike, with the back seven so beat up for this defense, for this D-line to really kind of control things, not just at the line of scrimmage, you know, in the run front with Pacheco, but in terms of just making life difficult for Patrick, I mean, they got to win on the edges there against those two tackles who are probably the weak spot, right? Yeah, I, I think their interior offensive line it plays at a high level, but but so does uh, 91, Ed Oliver. You know, Ed Oliver is quick and explosive, and he's got to cause some problem inside. I think uh, 50, Rousseau, has got to cause some problems both outside and inside. I like the way they use him. Um, but you're right that your your D-line, which is largely healthy at this point, has got to be able to dominate, especially on the edges. Um, Rousseau's a good player. Daquan Jones, I think, is playing at a high level. Leonard Floyd's got to make some plays. and I, I, I mean, Von Miller's got to make some plays. Uh, but they've got, depending on health, their front four without help from uh, secondary or, or, or linebacker push, they've got to dominate the pass game. When you see this, too, as, as you've seen these two teams play, and Andy Reid has he's been – he's had to call a different type of game now. You know, Tyreek Hill is not in the picture. You don't have you know, some of the other guys he did on the outside. He's still got Kelsey. Kelsey is – you know, he's, he's in his mid-30s now. Um, you know, talk a little bit about the adjustments Andy Reid has had to make in his play calling. I love Andy, and I got to know him in Philly. Like, like I got to know Sean a little bit in Philly. Um, uh, Andy's a Hall of Fame coach, and their wideout core is different right now, Steve. It's a really good point. Um, I mean, really, their best wideouts, the rookie, number four, Rashi Rice. He had eight catches for over 100 yards last week. Um, you look at Kelsey, he had seven catches, but Steve, he had two drops. 
You know, you know, you're you're seeing Kelsey do some things you're not used to seeing right now. Um, I think it makes it harder to call plays, and I think Andy's leaning in certain games, depending on the temperature of the game, Andy's leaning more on Pacheco in the run game. And and I think at the end of the day, really both offenses revolve around their quarterbacks and what they do with their legs and the decisions they make. You know, I think, you know, every game you could say is determined by turnovers, but these are two quarterbacks that most of what they do is great. But every once in a while, they get a hiccup. And and I'm friggin' intrigued to see which defense can cause a quarterback to have a hiccup and which quarterback's going to dominate this this game. Yeah, with that in mind, Mike, and this is the last one I got for you, you know, the Chiefs' defense is now – the strength of their team. I mean, it's been the most consistent part of their club all season long. How how deep does their coverability go in your estimation? The reason I ask you that is because I think Buffalo's passing game is as diversified as maybe it has ever been in the McDermott era, whether it's Shakir, Kincaid, Dawson Knox, Cook out of the backfield. How deep does the coverability of this very good Chiefs defense go? Yeah, I love Spags, and and he get, he doesn't ever give you a clean look. It's always muddy, you know. Even if he's only going to bring four, it might be drop Karloftis and bring uh, a, a safety, but he never gives you an easy look. That's point number one. Schematically, Spags is so good he's going to make you concentrate every snap of every game. As far as the coverability. Let, let, let's start up front for a second. 95's a monster, mm-hmm. okay? And 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 I thought your offensive line struggled a little bit, especially the rookie last week, 64. You know, the, the, the interior offensive line got beat inside with immediate pressure six or seven times. And you can't do that this week, right? Um, as far as the coverability, which is a good term, they got two elite guys on the back end. 38, Legereus Sneed, my gosh. I mean, he, what a great job he does uh, with Stephon Diggs. They double Diggs when necessary. You know, the, Diggs had five or six catches, wh- whatever, the last game uh, that he played against these guys. But three or four were bubble screens, and they couldn't find ways to get him the ball down the field. So they've been good at getting 14 out of the game. Um, and 22, the nickel, McDuffie is also elite. Okay. So they've got two elite guys and then a bunch of really pretty good guys. And I love your point though, Chris, and I have it in my notes is that if they're able to take 14 out, uh, I think the two guys that have to see, see more touches are 11. What's that? Hardy and, uh, Shakir 10, 10 and 11. And they pop up the last three or four weeks uh, making big plays. And and I think you got to get the ball in their hands. And the other guy that jumps out is the rookie tight end, 86. Right. What an athlete he is. And to your point, the diversity of their pass game is key. And I think, number one, can they protect their quarterback because long enough for him to get to the ball, second or third read? And, and will he get to the second or third read, or will he just take off? <laughs> Mike, thanks for stopping by. I appreciate you spending some time with us. It's always fun. Thank you. 
Hey, Bills fans, get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Just download the app today to play any way you want. Plus, with live betting, you'll get updated odds on games that have already started. Best of all, you'll get paid your winnings fast. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the Buffalo Bills. We transition to the numbers game where Steve will be tasked with what else? Bills Chiefs playoff trivia. Here we go. Oh, come on now. Question number one. In the 204 minutes of playoff game time between the Bills and Chiefs in their five postseason meetings, how many minutes do you believe the Bills have had the lead collectively in those five games? This is multiple choice to help you out because it's kind of a random thing. Right, all right. All right, how many minutes the Bills have had the lead collectively in their five playoff meetings with the Chiefs? Is it A, 75 to 100 minutes, B, 50 to 75 minutes, C, 25 to 50 minutes, or D, 0 to 25 minutes? I'm going to go A, 75 to 100. Wow. No. That is not correct. The answer is D, 23 minutes and 34 seconds. The Bills actually had more time tied with the Chiefs in the playoffs than behind. 38 so, minutes and 55 seconds. I could, not have poss- I could not possibly have gotten that more wrong. You were way off. Yes. Let's go to question two and try to forget about that one. Wow. In the final two minutes of regulation in the 2021 divisional playoff between Buffalo and Kansas City, how many points did the two teams combine to score? Final two minutes. Final two minutes. Does that conclude overtime? Final two minutes of regulation. I'm going to say 28. Ooh. You are really close, Steve. It's 27. It was 25 oh. points. It was the first and remains the only playoff game in NFL history with three go-ahead touchdowns scored in the final two minutes of regulation. I remember, man, that was a game. It was Ooh, a game. Baby. Number three, in their six head-to-head matchups, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen are 3-3 three and three against one another. Which quarterback has the better touchdown-to-interception ratio in those six matchups collectively? I'm going to say Josh. And you would be correct. It is Josh Allen with a 5-to-1 touchdown-to-interception ratio. Mahomes barely better than 2-to-1. Interesting. Number four, how many more total touchdowns did Josh Allen have than Patrick Mahomes this season, including last week's playoff games? Oh, he had like 40, 49. He had like 49, right? Uh, so in Pat, I'm going to say 10. He has him beat by 20 touchdowns. 20. Because Patrick Mahomes does not run. have a single rushing right. Josh touchdown got 15 of those. this season. He has 28 passing touchdowns. Josh has 32. But he's got 16 rushing touchdowns, including the 52-yard scamper last week. Here is your bonus question, Steve. In the 93 AFC title game between the Bills and Chiefs, how many total yards from scrimmage did Thurman Thomas finish with in the victory. I'm going to say... Total yards from scrimmage. Uh, I'm going to say here. Yeah, I'm going to say... I wonder how many balls he... I don't know how many balls he caught. I'm going to say 204. Oh! You are right there, man. I'm going to give it to you. It was 208. Oh! You are close Come enough. Come on. For a game that. that was 31 years ago, I'm going to give it to you. I know he had 186 on the ground, 186 right? 186 on 33 catches. And I thought... I, was, I took a shot at a couple of catches. I yeah, mean, you're right and there. And I thought, well, okay, 200, 200, 204. Two catches for 22 that, yards. Yes, I am very proud of myself. He had as more. As much as I missed the first question, I almost. Yeah, you were was, right on it. Right you were on. right on. He also had three touchdowns, by the way. Yeah. Uh, he had more rushing yards in that game than Jim Kelly had passing yards. 186 to 
to 160. Didn't need him. Amazing. Didn't need him. Absolutely amazing. Uh, yeah, that was, uh, Thurm was a great, and it was, uh, we ran our base plays out of that running game. They had really, remember, that was a Monday night game where they beat us 31 to 6 or something in Monday night early in the season. Yeah. And we got home field even after that. So they come in, and we ran our base stuff with a slight wrinkle up front with Kent Hull, John Davis, all those guys, and the Chiefs, we, we got them. Yeah. We got them with it. So, Time now for our one burning question. Since week 14, the Bills are averaging a league-high 36 carries per game. That has helped to give them the second-highest average time of possession in the league over that span of 33 minutes and 36 seconds. In the meeting with the Chiefs in week 14, James Cook led the Bills in rushing and receiving yards and had a 25-yard touchdown reception in the three-point victory. Do you think those numbers and the production of James Cook in the first meeting will prompt the Chiefs to play Buffalo differently defensively? Yes, absolutely. I think James Cook was an unknown commodity. Um, he was starting to play better, but having the, the Bills lean on him and give him some stuff in the passing game, I, I don't think there's any question. They're going to have um, a different game plan this time than they did that time, and I think James Cook is a big reason why. Yeah, I think they'll certainly respect him more in the passing game. He's a problem for their linebackers, despite the fact that they generally run well. The Chiefs play a lot of dime package themselves, and I think they may have to use it to have the DBs on the field necessary to cover a player like Cook in the passing game. So run the ball! If you see it, run the ball. Our closing mm -hmm. figure deals with the head-to-head -head meetings between Sean McDermott and his coaching mentor, Andy Reid. They squared off seven times as head coaches, including the playoffs. McDermott is currently ahead with a 4-3 and three record. The Chiefs in those seven games have averaged 24.7 points per game, and the Bills have averaged 25. <laughs> Holy cow! The Man. biggest difference appears to be in the takeaway category. In those seven meetings, the Chiefs have four takeaways, the Bills have 11. Let's hope that trend continues on Sunday night. That'll do it for us. Make sure to subscribe to Bills by the Numbers on whatever podcast platform you use so you're notified when our next episode drops. Because when you need to know about the Bills, you need to check Bills by the Numbers. For Steve Tasker, I'm Chris Brown. We'll catch you next time, everybody.